you'll turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 7. Let me start out by saying that uh, we are uh, very... We need to realize some things that we... You know, we can go to our prayer closet sometimes. I hope we do. And uh, we might... Uh, we might, I hope we be sincere in what we pray. I hope every word we understand is very easy. I've caught myself a lot of times praying and, and uh, uh, saying the Lord's name just about after every time. And I've caught myself a lot of times. You know, I'm not being sincere when I call the names Lord when I pray. And I, I believe we need to be very sincere in every word we say. I like to pray as we been talking, discussing this night about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I've learned it's, it's, it's helpful that you make sure you include the Trinity in your prayers. And uh, I asked the preacher one day, I said, well, who are we supposed to pray to? You know? <laughs> I know the Lord Jesus Christ said Father, so but he said it don't matter. You know, we're talking to the same God, it doesn't matter. <laughs> when you want to call upon Jesus, say, Lord Jesus Christ, help me find that's what he said. I don't know if he's right or wrong. I don't know. But uh, praise the Lord. We, uh, and so we go to our prayer closets and we might, um, we might not. Uh, well, if we're being sincere, let me get back on my thought. If we're being sincere in every word we say, we can say, God, forgive me my sins. And every once in a while I need to stop and say, what are they? You know that? What are they? What are my sins? It would be very easy for us to just roll that over and not see where God may be trying to deal with us that day. And so uh, we're very, we need to understand we've got a debased nature, this flesh. This thing is, is, is uh, vulgar. The Bible says that uh, what then? Are we better than they know? We before proved that uh, both Jews and Greeks, they're all under sin. For uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that understandeth. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. The poison of our, uh, their throats are open sepulchers. The poison of asps under their lips. With their mouths they have used, or with their tongues they have used deceit. The, with their mouths cursing and bitterness and way of peace they've not known and, and these things are in there it tells us about how bad we are you know that just tells us our regular old raw nature is just, we don't seek after God and so there's some things here I'm just going to deal with this quick subject here which I guess trying to introduce into there Joshua chapter 7 if, if you'll stand we'll read right there in verse 6 and Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads and Joshua said Alas, the Lord God wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side Jordan O Lord what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around and cut off our name from the earth and what wilt thou do unto thy great name the Lord said unto Joshua get thee up wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face let's go Lord in prayer Father thank you God I pray that you help us now Lord God uh, help me, God. I know I need your help, Father, in preaching. 
uh, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will have His will with every heart, mind, and soul this evening, God. And we do this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the edification of the saints, to your glorification, Father. Help me now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And uh, what we have is this, uh, the people of Israel, of course, we know they, they went over to Jericho, they d- destroyed Jericho, they defeated Jericho, had victory over Jericho. They have been given the instruction, their instruction they're supposed to go into Canaan land, and they're supposed to get rid of, of the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Canaanites and all them otherites that are over there. Just get rid of them all. So they're headed over there into Canaan land, and here comes their next town, Ai, and, and um, they go in and they just get run off by Ai. Their, their job was right where they were going, was right, it was following the instruction of the Lord. And it's just like we, we have a duty to do. We can ask another question, why do you go to church? Why do you come to church? You, I'm not saying, asking what are the general answers, I'm saying why do you personally... Why are you coming to church? Why are you here? Why did you come to the meeting tonight? Why are you planning on coming to church Sunday? Do you really do you have, like the pastor said, what are your goals? Do you have reasons that you are consciously aware of while you are trying to come and be spiritually edified? What is your purpose? It's, it's kind of easy, you know, if you've got children, you say, well, I want my children to grow up and be saved. But we, can, we need to know what kind of reasons we're going because we need to have those goals. They, they knew why they were supposed to go into Canaan land. They were supposed to go and conquer Canaan land. There it was supposed to be the promised land. They were supposed to go forth in the promised land, establish their borders, and uh, uh, live in the promised land of greatness and big grapes and all that other stuff and have a good time there. And uh, we have our goals. We're supposed to go to church. We go to church. This, job, this church has a job of reaching the lost souls for Christ. Uh, the Old Testament, Israel was a testimony of God. It was there to show all the pagan nations what God's uh, expectation of man was. That's why all those laws were in there. Do this, do that, do this, do that. They had all these laws on how they gardened, on all these laws on how they ate, all these things so that they would appear as one of the most probably superior and advanced nations of the entire world because that's what God wanted. He wanted the best for His people so that other nations could say, look, we want to we want to be like that. And so that there would be a testimony there. And now it has turned to the church, the church age. And see, we go through the same problems uh, uh, that they go through, if we can say that right. They have a lot of problems. We got a lot of problems. They have problems in their marriages. we got problems in our marriages. If you're lost here, then I'm talking about you've got problems in your marriages. People in churches have problems in their marriages. People outside that may have financial problems. People on the inside have financial problems. Everybody's got problems that we deal with, but when they, we, they see the saints of God being able to obey God and go through those victories and overcome those problems, they have a testimony of God that God has the answers for everything. And so you can go to God and say this, and so we've got this, this job that we've got to do. And uh, Israel has the right course. They're supposed to be going into Ai and take over Ai and conquer Ai. And all of a sudden, something hasn't worked right. And we find that uh, uh, here is Joshua praying to God. He's fell down on upon his face. And we know the situation. 
We know what has happened. There has been somebody in the camp. Achan has taken something from Jericho that God had said not to do. And uh, this could have been easy, easily alleviated in the beginning before they went to Ai. All there had to be was a search done. You know, all they had to do was make sure everybody was still right with God before we go over for this next battle. But that wasn't done. You find Abraham in the old, over there in Genesis. He, he set up an altar, moved to the next town. Set up an altar, moved to the next time. Everywhere he went, he set up an altar. But you find... At one place, he didn't set up an altar. He went into Egypt. You know why we're fighting a bunch of Muslims? Because Abraham didn't set up an altar. I don't think he had any place being in Egypt. Boy, a lot of things happened there. He, he got so far off, so out of whack when he got in Egypt, he was willing to think of his own self, think of his saving his own carcass so he could, okay, hey, honey, if they want you, let's let, let them have you just so I can live. He's willing to give with his own wife. Give with his own wife because he was in Egypt. To some other man. Egypt will destroy us. We decide we're going to try and go back and play in their playground. But uh, Ishmael, come on. That's probably where they picked up Hagar. So later on, Abraham had a sinful deed with Hagar and, and tried to interrupt and mess up everything's planned. So all these things fell apart for Abraham, it seemed. And uh, uh, he was supposed to do what he was supposed to do. He just tried to got, got himself in the way. And there's other people, other things that have happened in the Bible. We can say that they, they were supposed to do something. They had a plan they were supposed to do. They were trying to do what was right. They were trying to stay on course. And, and something happened. Something messed up. And so they, they had a collision course with a problem. And this is what happened to Joshua. Joshua had a great prayer. He had a great prayer. I wish we could pray like that, you know, sometimes. Ran his clothes, fell to the earth, upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide and the elders of the Israel and put dust upon their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Oh Lord, what shall I say? Real sincere, sympathetic. I even have pity on the poor fellow. But God wasn't interested in his prayer at that point. He just wasn't interested. He said, what are you doing? Get up. When there needs to be obedience done, prayer usually doesn't have anything to do with it. Your prayers will become abomination. Proverbs tells us, it says, when you decide you're not going to listen to the law, your prayer is an abomination. So our prayers can become an abomination. We've been preaching on holiness, preaching on standards, and preaching on other things, and it's, it's so ironic, Pastor, that some people will say, well, I'll go home and pray about it. There's no praying about it. Amen. If the Bible says to do it, do it. Yes, sir. Because when you decide you're going to go stand before God and get in your prayer closet and say, oh, Lord, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to pray about it. God's saying your prayer is an abomination unto Him. He's not interested in your prayer. You should have taken some care of something in the first place. And then all of a sudden when you start hitting on the rocks and you crash on those rocks and everything starts falling apart in your home and the turmoil falls apart in your home and you start saying, Oh, Lord, we need your help. Oh, why, things could have been better. What has happened? Lord God, guess what? You weren't obedient in the past. Yes, sir. You got another abominable prayer. You should have listened to God. 
Should have just listened to God. See, all they had to do was listen to God. Don't touch anything. The time for praying should have been praise, worship, searching of their hearts before they went on course to go do something. And when everything fell apart, the problem was they didn't do that. And here's Joshua now crying out. So debased in his cry. I mean, he said, I wish, Lord, I just wish we were back over there. I thought it was going to be easy. What has happened? But here, God just says, get up. Why are you even lying upon your face? Why even praying? The time for obedience. Hey, when God says, you know, put you on the armor of the light and make no provision, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision to fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means you don't mess around with Hollywood. Amen. That means you don't mess around with pornography. You don't, you don't mess around. You, there are not too many magazines you can pick up off a magazine rack that you ought to be messing around with Amen. at all. At all. At all. It's obedience, obedience, obedience. And when things start falling apart. But he said, why are you even on your face? It's obedience, 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 obedience. When, he talk, when we've been talking about the woman's dress standards, men's dress standards, all these things, a right attitude, a right thing to do in your life, the right places to go, the right places to put your feet, and all these other stuff, it's out of obedience. There's nothing to pray about. If you've got a talent to sing for God, there's nothing to pray about. You sing. If you're qualified, you get in the choir. Yes, sir. There's not say, Pastor, let me pray about that. No. God, God, you're supposed to use it all to the glory of God, everything you've got. Amen. Present your body as a living sacrifice. It goes up there. If you can work on the church, if you have hands that you can do something, if you are physically able to do some things... There's no prayer about it. That prayer would be abomination. God has already said, I bought you with a price. You're not your own. Right. Everything you've got, I've got. Those hands belong to me. Those feet belong to me. There's no question about attending church services faithfully Sunday morning, Sunday night. You got, is it Wednesday night for evening? Okay, Wednesday night, some people have it on Tuesday. There's no question about that. You don't pray about whether I'm going to go to church tonight. When you all off anywhere where you can, uh, uh, if you are physically able to get to some place, there's no question about it. The Bible says you don't forsake. That's setting aside. You don't set aside going to church. If the saints are gathering, you ought to be there. You don't pray about it. That pastor last week, he said, he told me the one of the ladies. He told me last night, I guess she's, been pray, she's praying about leaving the church. Praying about leaving his church. You know, that's what he told me. He's being sarcastic. He understood. And it's abominable prayer. It's abominable. God's not interested in that prayer. He's not interested in you praying about things that he's already expecting of you. He's not interested in that. And so, I'll quickly close up with this thought. Hebrews chapter uh, 13 and verse 17 says, Obey them. They have the rule over you. Submit yourselves unto them, for they watch for your souls. You realize any time the pastor asks something of you, you're supposed to do it. According to God. In fact, one gauge of your relationship to God is going to be your relationship with your pastor. If you're disobedient to your elder over you or elders, 
Pastor Hammond. If they ask anything of you, if they preach something to you, God requires you to do it. I'm saying, I'm going to say this. Unless you can see, find it in the Bible that says God has given you okay to do it. And you say, Pastor, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says it's all right for me to give. I I don't care if you preach against me tithing. It's all right for me to give. That's what the Bible says. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you can get in that Bible and, and say, no, the Lord says I can do this. Or the Lord says I'm not supposed to do that. The pastor says to do it. It says obey them. Submit yourselves unto them. That they might do it with joy. They watch over their, your souls as ones that must give account. But they may do it with joy and not with grief. Don't you want to alleviate some grief off the pastor? I'm a pastor. I've only been four years, but I've had some grievous times. It can be grievous. Why? You preach and you preach and you preach and you preach and nobody listens, nobody listens, nobody listens, nobody does anything. It's grievous. You say, come home. Why? Why? Why won't they do anything? Why won't they do what they're told? Why won't they listen to the preaching? Is it not obvious if God says to do and I'm just supposed to do that? that not obvious Amen. Yes, sir. I used to sit on the pew I used to be a, just a church member you know now I'm up here and it just seemed to me even then you know uh, once I kind of matured a little bit you know God says to do it I'm supposed to do it I'm supposed to listen to it he says to pray I'm supposed to pray he says I'm supposed to study my Bible I'm supposed to study my Bible he says I'm supposed to try and win people to the Lord I'm supposed to try and win people to the Lord there's no praying about this stuff no praying about this stuff praying about well I don't know about staying in this church if this is the Bible preaching church in this town this is the church you're supposed to be in there's no praying about that no praying about whether you're going to listen to the preacher or not like I said, you get, get in your prayer closet and you start praying, forgive me my sins. And you can't think of them. You better be careful. You better start thinking of something. You better start seeing where you're not right with God and start searching it out because you will fall. The saints, if you're saved, God will deal with your sins and your disobedience right here. He'll deal with it. You may not see it until your grandchildren. Did you, re- you realize what you do with your hearts tonight on an altar could be an effect on your grandchildren or whether they're going to be in hell or not? Everything has an effect. The Bible teaches under the fourth generation of them things. Obedience. Don't let your prayers be an abomination. If you're supposed to do it, just do it. God's not interested in you praying about some stuff. If you're a missionary, where God would have you, that's right, that's right. But praying about things that God wants you to do or the pastor wants to do or Pastor Hammond wants to do or your Sunday school teacher asks of you if they're right with God, whoever it may be, your children, you young people, your parents ask you to do, you're just supposed to do it. You don't pray about it. You don't pray about it. 